Hello there. My name is Dallas Johnson. I'm the lead instructor of the Automobile Dealer Training Association, and I really appreciate you listening to the Dealer Training Podcast. Today, I want to talk about where the dealership industry has been and where it's going, because obviously we've seen some incredible changes here in the industry here in the last couple of years. And, you know, when the pandemic hit, dealerships across the United States were required by their local city, county, and even some state governments to close down, completely close down. And it really changed our operating model. It decimated our industry there for a few months because even some dealerships that didn't have a a service facility were actually required to stay closed a lot longer. So it really, really had a very negative effect on our industry. But it really changed our operating model, both for the new motor vehicle dealers and for the used motor vehicle dealers as well. And I want to talk about the used industry here in just a couple moments, but I'm going to start out talking about the brand new industry, the, the new dealership industry. And I'm sure you're aware of this, but this model is going to be changing because for years and years, you know, we've always had this, what we call a three-tier system where where manufacturers such as Chevrolet, Toyota, Ford, they're required under state laws to sell vehicles directly to a franchisee, which is your local ABC Chevrolet dealership or XYZ Toyota dealership. The laws in most states require a manufacturer to sell a vehicle to a franchisee, and then the franchisee sells the vehicle to you on the lot, you, the consumer. And, you know, this three-tier system is designed to basically create market competition. And it was designed off of the alcohol distribution model that I want to talk about first. So we kind of have a greater understanding of this method and mythology, uh, mythology, uh, mythology, methodology. I think that's the word I was trying to use there. So, uh, you know, with that being said, you know, think about this model. Budweiser cannot sell beer or alcohol directly to a bar or a convenience store. They're not allowed to do that. It's a three-tier system that was created right after Prohibition wanted to ensure that these big alcohol conglomerates like Budweiser and, and Coors and Olympia and things like that were not able to go out and create and start all of their own bars and corner the market because, you know, regulators thought that that could lead to, a, you know, a bottle of beer costing $25 or something like that. So, so they created this three-tier system to where... A manufacturer of alcohol, such as Budweiser, has to sell that beer to your local ABC Budweiser wholesaling company. And then ABC Budweiser wholesaling company sells it to your local bars and convenience stores. And that created a what they called a three-tier system uh, in the United States, which I don't know if I agree with this, but I'm going to talk about how this has affected the motor vehicle de- dealer industry that operates under that same model. You are listening to the Dealer Training Podcast with Dallas Johnson. Once again, my name is Dallas Johnson. If you ever decide to get your dealer's license, please just click on the blue enroll button at the top of the page there, and that's going to guide you through. We're an approved provider in many, many states, so hopefully that'll be helpful for you. Now, with that being said, let's talk about what where things have happened here in the last couple of years. You know, when the pandemic struck, I mean... All the dealership lots were full, you know, and there was a different operating model back then because before the pandemic struck, this is how basically everything happened. ABC Chevrolet would have 200 cars on the lot or more, you know, and so Chevrolet basically ships all these vehicles on kind of technically what you call a floor plan, where they basically loan these vehicles to the franchisee, and they normally want them to be sold within a 60 to a 90-day window. So that's why you'll see dramatic sales, you know, every three months or so. But, uh, you know, January 1st, you're normally not seeing a lot of sales on brand new vehicles for that year. So normally, 
ABC would set all these vehicles on a franchisee lot, and you walk onto there, and you negotiate, and you negotiate that price down, and then you buy the vehicle. Well, what this, think about this from like Chevrolet, Ford, Chrysler, Honda's perspective. They have always had to have hundreds of millions of dollars of inventory setting on franchise lease franchisee lots all over the United States. Think about the cost of this. You know, they're waiting to get their money from a vehicle that they've already paid their employees to produce. They produce that vehicle, and now they've got their money into that vehicle. Now that vehicle is shipped to the franchisee. Now that vehicle sets on that lot for months sometimes. Think about the the profit model for a manufacturer. It's a very slow profit model, and they've already done all the work in advance, and they want to get the money later on. So, But they have literally hundreds, maybe on one lot, they could have, a, you know, millions of dollars of inventory on one lot. Think about all the dealerships, the, the franchise dealerships across the country. I mean, an average size state's going to have about 500 to 600 franchisees. So think about the hundreds of millions of dollars of inventory that is sitting on these lots across the country. Well, you know, from a manufacturer's perspective, that's pretty, pretty expensive. Now, since the pandemic struck, you know, I'm sure that you're aware that uh, we had this huge superconductor chip shortage. And, you know, a vehicle doesn't just have one computer chip. I mean, computer chips are in the radio, they're in the brakes, they're in the airbag systems, they're in the cruise control. I mean, one car could have several hundred computer chips. So this vehicle computer chip shortage, it was basically started by the pandemic when everybody stayed at home and started ordering new computers. That's where it actually started. And then we had manufacturers of chip uh, shut down in other states because of the pandemic as well. And so we've seen this vehicle chip shortage. And um, so obviously, manufacturers have not been able to get those chips. So you've seen this huge vehicle shortage. And right now you still see this, all these brand new franchise lots are still empty. They're completely empty. And so this has changed the model. So now what you're seeing here are these brand new franchisees, they are more so operating on a build to order model where you can order your, you can order your Chevy Silverado and have it built to your specifications. And then the manufacturer, then Chevrolet is going to deliver that from the manufacturer to your franchisee and you'll pick it up there. And then the franchisee is going to take that big cut because that's how the laws work. They got that three tier model system that was initially implemented to ensure that the, the Chevrolet couldn't, you know, corner the market and create non-competitive business practices. Well, I, I'm a believer that, you know, if Chevrolet selling vehicles directly to you without a franchisor in the middle. I mean, there's still going to be some market competition because if the Chevrolet prices are too high, then you can just go over and buy a Ford F-150 or you can go get you a Ram or you can get you a Toyota Tundra or Tacoma or something like that. So, you know, I think the different, just different, having different manufacturers is going to create that market freedom that I believe the three-tier system was created initially to possibly promote. You are listening to the Dealer Training Podcast with Dallas Johnson. So now the state laws, you know, and, and so so now you're able to you're able to basically order that vehicle online and have it manufactured to your specifications. Now think about that from a manufacturer's perspective. Okay, you're paying or guarantee, you know, putting a deposit, maybe paying for it. You're you're guaranteeing that manufacturer that you're paying for that vehicle as soon as the, it rolls off the line. You know, so they're building it to your specifications, and and they're basically getting their money as soon as that thing has went out the door because they ship it to the franchisee. The franchisee is going to take their piece of the pie out of that vehicle and then sell it to you on the lot. So. Think about that model. That's a very profitable model. So this way, Chevrolet, Ford, Toyota, Honda, 
Chrysler, Ram, they don't have hundreds of millions of dollars of inventory setting on lots all over the United States. This, in, in my opinion, anybody that's uh, any, got any financial savvy at all, and I, I guarantee you these manufacturers have probably the brightest uh, financial minds on the planet, have realized this operating model is much more profitable. And now here's the battle, though. Here's the battle that manufacturers have. Because of this three-tier system, most state laws do require manufacturers to sell a vehicle directly to the franchisee, and then the franchisee marks it up, and then they sell it to you, the consumer, on the lot. Well, you know, this is great for franchisees. I mean, franchisees have benefited from this. And, you know, most franchisees, uh, they have an incredible line of business coming through there. And uh, they have, you know, 70, 80, 100 employees. So what's happening here, and it all started with Tesla here just a few years ago. Tesla started uh, basically battling in some state legislatures. And I witnessed this firsthand because I have actually served in the state legislature. And I saw Tesla come in and start lobbying all of my Uh, co-lawmakers. And what they did, they were able to create uh, basically a loophole in law to sell electric vehicles directly to the customer. So, you know, other franchisees, they all said, well, we want Tesla to make sure and open these dealerships just like we've had to. Well, Tesla and Elon Musk specifically driving this, uh, driving this policy decision making throughout legislatures throughout the United States, were able to change some laws that allow Tesla to sell they were basically allowing electric vehicles, electric vehicles to be sold directly from the manufacturer to the consumer, bypassing the third, that three-tier program and creating a two-year program, a two-tier program to where Tesla sells vehicles directly to the consumer and bypassing franchisees. Now, think about that business model. Think about that business model right there. There is absolutely no middleman. There's no franchisee that that has to take their big chunk of a Tesla vehicle. So what this means, in my opinion, from the research that I've done, number one, that's going to create higher profits for Tesla because they're not paying the franchisee a big chunk of a, a Tesla vehicle. And then hopefully because of free market competition, that will more than likely lower the price of the vehicle to the consumer. So so not having a three-tier system is going to, in my opinion, dramatically reduce the price of vehicles. However, what's the negative side of that? Well, then what are the franchisees going to do? I mean, literally, that's going to put this model will put every franchisee out of business in the United States. So what are we going to do here? I think we need to really decide on which way our industry is going to be going. You know, are we going to continue a three-tier system where the manufacturer sells vehicles to franchisees and the franchisees take their cut of that car and then sell it to you or you pay you pay an additional fee because it has to go through a franchiser and the manufacturer loses profits because it has to go through the franchiser. Now, unfortunately for franchisees, you know, if they eliminate this model, they go out of business. They go out of business. Their employees are unemployed and and you know, they in my opinion, they'd have to have some type of compensation to to, you know, because they're they're going out of business because of a brand new law. So, now what's happening here? is these electric motor vehicle companies, they're all wanting to sell vehicles directly to, the, directly to the consumer. You ask any manufacturer in the United States, and I guarantee you they're going to tell you, we're sick of our franchisees, you know, we got to pay them so much money, and the laws in all these states require us to pay them so much money just to have this three-tier system to where an additional party takes a cut out of that vehicle that you're buying. So, you know, some other companies, such as Ford, I read Ford, I read recently Ford has, is going to create, allegedly, I don't think this has been confirmed, but allegedly Ford is going to be creating a third electric vehicle company that's going to be able to bypass those third-party, those three-tier finance laws, those three-tier franchise laws, excuse me, and go directly to the consumer. 
You are listening to the Dealer Training Podcast with Dallas Johnson. So if you think about these manufacturers, they're all electrifying everything. The combustion engine is going to be a thing of the past here uh, within a few years. Within a very few years, we're not going to be, we'll be driving used vehicles that have combustion engines, but we won't be driving the brand new ones anymore. So these electric motor vehicle companies and even the major manufacturers like Ford, Chevrolet and everything, they're already trying to bypass the franchisees. So eventually, if they get these laws implemented to where you can sell electric vehicles directly from the manufacturer to the consumer, that's going to wipe out the franchisee industry. And I'm a lover of this industry. I mean, I've been in this industry many, many years. I've trained dealers all over the United States on a very uh, regular basis. And I don't want any franchisee to go out of business. I never want to see that. I never want to see a franchisee go out of business. But I kind of think, where where is technology going here? You know, are we going to continue to keep this three-tier business model where franchisees are required by law to sell you a vehicle that's made at a manufacturer? I mean, I kind of think about this. If you go back, say, for example, you know, 120 years ago, think about, think about the horse traders. Think about the horse traders. Think about the the money that was probably in horse trading before there was motor vehicles. I'm sure that it was a very profitable industry for someone that was selling horses. And, you know, when someone's selling horses back in, you know, 1905 or 1900 or earlier than that, and then all of a sudden, you know, Ford comes out with a Model T and they start distributing it all over the United States, I bet you they had some discussions in legislatures saying, hey, you know, we need to, we need to stop these Model T's from being sold because it's going to decimate the horse trading industry. So think about that. Think about the discussions I believe they probably had on every legislative floor in the United States. I bet they had that discussion where the horse traders came in and said, hey, you cannot allow these cars to be sold because it's going to decimate our industry. So I look at this the same way I think about the horse trading methodology that we probably had over 100 years ago. Are we going to slow the development of technology and the economy by allowing the horse traders to still profit and keep that industry and create laws that protect the horse trading industry to ensure that they still have their money coming in? Or are we going to implement free market principles and allow manufacturers to sell vehicles directly to the consumer? I don't know. I mean, I don't know where this is going. I don't wish any franchisee to be placed out of business, but I see laws protecting franchisees. And, you know, laws are definitely protecting franchisees. And with that being said, I do believe that we are going to see dramatic changes in our industry here in the next couple of years. You are listening to the Dealer Training Podcast with Dallas Johnson. Now, let's talk about this. You know, you, you, you the thing about it now, you know, the, the brand new vehicle lots, they have no inventory. You can see this. But luckily, vehicles are coming back through the lanes. Vehicles are coming back through the dealer auction lane. So that's why I tell everyone in my classes that I give across the United States, um, now is a great time. Now is an exceptional time to get your dealer's license. And a couple of years ago, I wouldn't have said that because of the pandemic and then even Earlier this year, the vehicle inventory shortage, the chip shortage was dramatically affecting our industry in a negative manner. Well, what I'm seeing now, though, I'm seeing a lot more vehicles come through the dealer auction lane. So for used dealerships, it's an exceptional time to be in business. Number one, rental cars, rental returns are coming back through the lanes. And if you think about this, these massive rental car companies Normally they'll 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 say for example they'll buy a thousand vehicles and they'll they'll run them on a two year rental program and then after they've had them for about two years they will sell those rental cars through the dealer auctions okay and before they do that they'll always do a little bit of research and if they find out let's say for example there's a enterprise leasing company in Dallas Texas they want to sell a thousand vehicles they'll do a little bit of market study and if they realize the dealer auctions up in in Kansas City or Cleveland or Los Angeles or over in Atlanta 
are selling higher than Dallas, they'll ship a thousand cars over there. So that's why no matter where you are in the United States, when you're buying a vehicle from a dealer auction, you'll normally be buying vehicles that come from another state with another state's title. It seems like, you know, if you go into your state's dealer auction, you're rarely going to buy a vehicle that has a title from your state. It's normally going to be an out-of-state title. You are listening to the Dealer Training Podcast with Dallas Johnson. So, you know, with that being said, Think about a rental car company's perspective. They've not been able to replenish their inventory for the last couple of years. So the rental car companies have hung on to those rental vehicles because they couldn't just order the brand new ones through the manufacturers like they've always done in the past. So now they are starting to get some inventory back into the rental car companies to replenish their fleet. And now in the dealer auction lanes, we are seeing those vehicles coming back through. The rental car returns are coming back through the dealer auction lanes. So inventory is coming back. And another great thing about having a used dealer's license right now is the lease returns are coming back as well. And everyone, you know, you're probably aware of this, but one one out of four vehicles in the United States is leased. A brand one out of four vehicles, brand new, is leased. So only three out of four are financed or paid with cash. One out of four is leased. Well, think about all these leased vehicles. Normally, a person signs a two to three year lease, and then when that vehicle comes off lease, it's coming through the dealer auction lane. So you can stand in one lease lane return. And, you know, I would I would go to my local auction one day. I would stand in the Ford credit line and you got the two and three year old loft leases coming through that are all Ford, late model Fords with low mileage on them. And then right next to that, you got GMAC that's got the GMCs and the Chevrolets. And then you got Toyota credit one lane over and you just stand in whatever lane you want. You got all those lease returns coming through. And the great thing about a lease return, and I've, I've, I dealt with lease returns for years. Uh, the great thing about a lease return is when you get a lease return. Normally it's going to have really low mileage because the lease, the lessor, I think, I guess that's what's, what they're called. would try to keep those vehicles miles down so they would never have to pay an additional fee because they went over their mileage. And they're usually in good condition. They've maintained, been maintained very well. They've always got a mess of factory uh, warranty that still applies, manufacturer warranty that still applies, low mileage, excellent condition. So that, that kind of became my forte, I guess you would say, is uh, standing in that lease lane and grabbing those two- and three-year-old lease vehicles. Well, think about the the persons that were leasing these vehicles in the last couple of years have not been able to release vehicles because those vehicles were not available because of the chip shortage. So many of them renegotiated their lease. So if you had a two-year lease and you knew you couldn't lease another vehicle because it wasn't available, they renegotiated an additional one to two years. Well, now... Those vehicles are coming off lease as well. So this is a great time to get into your dealer auction and start buying vehicles because we are able to see vehicles coming through the lanes. Now, the manufacturer, I'm sorry, the franchisees are still struggling getting inventory, but you know, you go to you go to any franchisee lot in the country, and they're going to tell you, "Well, yeah, we don't have any vehicles here." But well, that one's already sold; it was sold before it even got here. So they're buying these vehicles in in advance. The consumers buying these vehicles in advance, and they're really changing this business model nationwide. And I do see that we are going to have incredible changes in our industry coming up here in the next couple of years. You are listening to the Dealer Training Podcast with Dallas Johnson. So as bad as it is for the brand new franchisees right now, and I never wish them bad, I always want every dealership to flourish. And this industry has been very good to me. And I've trained a lot of folks like you to get into this industry as well. But this is a great time to get your license because the used dealership industry is thriving right now. And, you know, there's such a pent-up buying demand. This is a great time to get your dealer's license. This is a great time to get some vehicle inventory on your lot. And I'm going to tell you right now, when you get that inventory on your lot, it's going to be sold because of this pent-up buying demand. And uh, another thing, lenders are lending again. 
lenders are lending again. And, you know, with that being said, we've got so much government-backed financing that, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, there might have been a couple of persons that maybe had such horrendous credit that they couldn't get loans. Well, with these government-backed financing programs and things like that, you know, there are a lot more customers now that are able to get loans that couldn't a couple of years ago because of the government-backed financing. So that's another great reason to get your dealer's license right now. You are listening to the Dealer Training Podcast with Dallas Johnson. Hey, once again, my name is Dallas Johnson. I certainly hope you have enjoyed this podcast. I hope you'll subscribe to this podcast. Um, you know, I'm going to be putting things out on a much more regular basis here. So I do, if you do have a chance to subscribe to the podcast, I'd really appreciate that. And we are an approved training provider in multiple states. So if you just go to the very top of the website that you're listening to this uh, on, click on the big blue Enroll Now button. Click on the Enroll button. And you'll be able to take your training class. We are an approved provider for multiple states. And I have personally developed training programs for dealers uh, for many, many, many years. And I've helped many entrepreneurs just like you get your dealer's license. If you have absolutely no idea how to get your dealer's license and get into these dealer auctions, then our training is for you. Or maybe you've worked for another dealer for a while. And now you want to get your own license because you, you want to you keep all the money that you're working for instead of working for somebody else. Or you maybe maybe you've partnered with somebody, or maybe you're buying under another dealer. I get a lot of calls. Well, I'm buying under this guy. Well, let's let's get you up into compliance. Let's get you legal here, because many states don't allow you to buy under a dealer, another dealer. So I want you to be really aware of that. All states do require in most case scenarios that you're going to have your own dealer's license. So hopefully you'll consider us as your dealer license training partner. And even if you don't, if you just have questions, go to the very top of the website and click on the Get License link, and then you're going to see step-by-step details on how to get your dealer's license. This this industry changed my life, and, you know, I was a, I was a full-time firefighter, and, uh, you know, I ended up finding out very shortly after I started my dealership that I was running on my days off, I was making more money on my in my dealership selling cars uh, than I was on my full-time job. And so I've, t- I've talked to many persons that have had that same scenario where they, they, they tell me, well, I'm just going to get a license and start on the side. I got a full-time job. And they'll call me six months later and tell me they re- took an early retirement or they quit their job because this is such a great lucrative industry. And as I tell everyone in my training classes, you know, this is, this industry, it's really not about motor vehicles. It's about people. And, uh, and I predict that you're going to find out that you're going to meet some really, really incredible people on your lot. And it's, it's a people business. It really is. And if you're good with people, or maybe you're just a, a, a gearhead like me, maybe you just like motor vehicles. And if you're not good with people, the vehicle's probably going to sell itself. But if you're good with people, then you're probably going to sell a lot more vehicles as well. So uh, once again, my name is Dallas Johnson. You are listening to the Dealer Training Podcast. You are listening to the Dealer Training Podcast with Dallas Johnson. If you're interested in getting your dealer's license, just click on Get Licensed at the top of the page there, or just click on that blue Enroll Now button, and you'll be able to start that dealer training class and get licensed. And hopefully this will get you into a new industry. I've helped entrepreneurs like you rise up out of the worst economic areas in the United States and become financially successful with their own dealer's license. So thank you very much. I want to wish you the very best of luck with your business.